First and ten. Gibbs was in motion. Outside it goes, Laporta. Gets by Chosie Jewel to the pylon. Amon Ross and Brown was the target there. Second down, goal. That is caught by Gibbs. Here they come with five. There's the catch, a touchdown by C. Brown. Welcome back. Welcome back, Jeej. Congrats on your playoff victory. It was a good one, but uh, you got me, man. You got me good. Even though I had some guys left, I had about six guys left uh, in the four o'clock window. Um, you, you still got me, and I got to give you credit, man. Yeah, I thought I was going to sit and basically watch my team bleed to death at one o'clock because, like you said, I... <laughs> Had everyone basically playing at one, and I, I don't really like when that happens. I, I like when players play throughout the day. It gives me something to look forward to, but, you know, it is what it is. Unfortunately, we didn't match up in the championship or even the semifinals, so. Yep. Had to be an early round matchup, but, you know, I like the like the state of both of our teams and where we could go next year. Oh, absolutely. I think uh, Mahomes just getting 20. Um, you know, you're like, okay, he's playing the Patriots. You, you're expecting a 40-burger, 30. But very underwhelming performance from a home, so I thought I had a good shot. And then, um, man, Rashad White for you has been great this year, man. Like, honestly, man. he's been diving in the rough. And then, you know, Jalen Waddle playing the way he did. Um, but, yeah, definitely uh, definitely thought Philly's receivers were going to help me a lot more. Definitely not the Jalen Hurts that we have right now. But, yeah, definitely uh, props to you and good luck. Good old barn burners matchup, yes. Yeah, yeah, I thought you did have a shot Monday Night Football. I mean, technically, really, 25 from each wide receiver wasn't really going to be out of the question. But, yeah, the Eagles uh, Eagles haven't been the same uh, all season, I feel like. Well, Drew Locke put on for a city, and we'll talk about that later. But let's <laughs> uh, let's jump into the Lions here. Um, all the criticism, we talked about them last week. Mm-hmm. I think this probably could have been the best thing that they could have did to come out in the way they played, especially Jared Goff. Uh, we know dome game, obviously, but to throw for five touchdowns, 24 for 34, and give his tight end three of them, um, like you even said just a minute ago, he might be messing around. He might be an all-pro uh, as a rookie, and that's something that I've never seen from any Lion to go like that right away. So it's super impressive, but the way Jared Goff, Gibbs, and Laporta played, even St. Brown, I think it made Brad Holmes look like a goddamn genius this game. And props to Jared Goff for all the criticism he took. He took it on the chin. He took it well. Um, very proud of the way the team came out. And uh, a lot of Broncos fans were down there Saturday, too. Seen a lot of orange in the stands. And uh, so I'll give the uh, Broncos fans credit. They traveled well. But great time to go down there. Um, just really didn't expect this kind of game, though, Jeech. Yeah, I mean, it, like you said, you pretty much uh, hit on all the points that uh, that I think rang true in this game. You know, they came out 
it, it was a slow first quarter, uh, you know, kind of like a slow boxing match, kind of just feeling each other out. And then, bang, fucking Lions explode for three touchdowns. And like you said, <laughs> everybody uh, pretty much answered the bell. And this is the type of game that they needed that uh, me as a fan, I needed to see uh, just straight up start to finish, dominate the game, control the game. Pretty much do whatever they wanted. I mean, they had Denver's defense at will. Like you said, Sam Laporta having one of the best rookie seasons in uh, NFL history at the tight end position. I mean, he's in company talking about records that belong to Mike Ditka. And, I mean, that was in the 60s. The last great rookie tight end for the tight, uh, for the Lions here, I believe, would have been Charlie Sanders. And he played in the 60s and 70s. So, um, you you just tell how special this year and how uh, how big uh, how big of a cog he's been in that offense for sure this year as a rookie. Yeah, and I think uh, even going back to the Hawkinson trade, when we find out this week Hawkinson is playing well, but to not pay Hawkinson and get a guy like Laporta on his contract and the way he's playing mm-hmm. speaks a lot to Brad Holmes. I would say he did get deserve a lot of criticism. Um, didn't really deserve it, but definitely got a lot of criticism for the running back and the tight end, but. This game right here, this is just one of those games where you he sees the vision and just super super props to Brad Holmes. Like I said, I don't think any of us really seen it. You could say you did, but I don't think any of us seen this right away. So uh, that's something. I think the defense played really well too. Um, and I think that even the way that Denver played, Russell Wilson, he played all right. It's just I don't know. They they don't have enough firepower to to keep up. I think and their de- their defense struggled definitely a lot this game, but. All in all, it's all Jared Goff here throwing five touchdowns at home. Um, I I don't think we could be beat if he's throwing five touchdowns at home. Any team we play at home for the year. So, but uh, any other things before we move on to the next game? Yeah, I just think Denver. You know, you kind of bring up Denver. They're not playing that bad. I mean, honestly, no. I mean, they didn't really play that bad. But I just don't think they have enough explosiveness on offense. I mean, it, it just looks very vanilla and bland out there. It's a lot of short passes, really couldn't get anything going on the road. I mean, the Lions defense finally stepped up um, and, you know, showed that they could stop the run like they have been for the most of the year. But I don't know, just something about this Denver offense, um, you know, it's they don't really force things down the field. Uh, Russell Wilson doesn't take many shots, you know, and I get, you know, there might be some guys on the offensive side that probably don't fit Sean Payton's offense for what they want to do right now. But, yeah, I mean – Denver kind of looked like Denver to me, and the Lions really just took advantage of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. So let's go to this next one here, uh, Cowboys and the Bills. I, we had a hunch on this one. This is a backs against the wall to the Bills. You mentioned the Cowboys going on the road, um, and that is something I think that they play very well at home, but on the road you don't know what Cowboys team you're getting. And I think this definitely just proved that. Um, I think the way Buffalo played, for them to win the way that they won, and having James Cook go off and Josh Allen really not having to do anything. Josh Allen quote himself, I feel like uh, that kid in the group project, they got an A and he didn't really do anything. Uh, for the Bills to win like that, I think was awesome because if Josh Allen could play like Josh Allen and James Cook even plays at half as good as he did, I mean, they're going to be a dangerous wildcard team, in my opinion, if they get in. 100%. So, 100%. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I, I just... This was a, a very different-looking Bills team than what we have saw early in the season. You know, earlier we saw Josh Allen sometimes throw 50 t- or fifty passes in the game, and, I mean, he only threw 15 times. And Lamar numbers. Didn't have a very, yeah, it didn't <laughs> have a very good stat line. But like you said, James Cook had probably the best game of his life up to that point. 
I mean, 179 yards on the ground, 42 through the air, two touchdowns. I mean, he, he just carried people in their first-round matchup in their fantasy yes. playoffs. But, yeah, I mean, uh, the Bills might have shown something against this Dallas Cowboys team. I mean, because they were just running the ball at will against this Cowboys defense. And, you know, the offense could never really get going. And and they never were able to stay with the Bills throughout the game there. So there could be a recipe here to beat the Cowboys. But, I mean, like you said, we kind of saw this one coming. It was like, you know, Bills got to basically win. They got to win out to have a shot at the playoffs here. And Dallas coming off a couple back-to-back, you know, really high-intense emotional wins. I mean, the the uh, the thriller with the Seahawks on Thursday and, of course, beating the Eagles the way that they did. Yep. I mean, that does take an emotional toll on a team. So for them to have to go on the road and try to win in Buffalo this late in the year, we knew it was going to be a tough, tough thing for the Cowboys to do, but – I mean, the Bills just showed up and played smash mouth football for them. So I'll be interested to see, you know, if, you know, first playoff game comes around, whoever Dallas matches up with, or, you know, are they going to, you know, take the same recipe that the Buffalo Bills seem to might have uh, been able to put out for the rest of the league on how to beat the Cowboys? Yeah, and I think there's two things here that really screamed to me for this. I think this makes me realize, okay, if Dallas wants to be any relevant throughout the whole playoffs, they need to, they need to clinch the division to get the home for sure. That's yep. one. Number two, um, Tony Pollard needs to be Tony Pollard of old because this team has no rushing attack at all. And for them to have a record of ten and four and to just have the year that Pollard's having, um, it just it, it's great because if they do get that running game, it's only going to make them even better. But um, yeah, that's something that I'm really curious to see if they can if they can start running it because yeah, Dak can throw it forty times. You know, it is what it is. Usually that's every game, but if they can get that running attack to go with it and be at home. I think they're going to be picked a lot of those games of the week there. So um, let's let's go on here with the Texans and the Titans. Seemed like nobody wanted to win this game, but you know the Case Keenum to for him to come in here and just win this game for just one one week away from C.J. Stroud's injury. Um, and he may not be playing this week either, which I don't think he is. But just for them to get this win, a divisional win, is huge. I think for Case Keenum and the way it happened. Even you say say what it is, but. It was just one of those games where it just was to the wire and they barely snuck it out. And I thought I thought it was a very entertaining game. I was watching it on Red Zone and it just it did not want to end. So um, what was your thoughts on this one? Very ugly game. Um, I thought both teams were kind of wild. I mean, Singletary had a very good game, obviously, on the ground there. Uh, Noah Brown kind of stepped up when... Pretty much every wide receiver in the Houston room was down. CJ yep. Stroud was down. So, I mean, it really was all put in place here for the Titans to get a win here and stay alive, especially at home. Um, but I got to give credit to the Texans. I think this game probably wrapped up D'Amico Ryan's coach of the year, if I had to guess. I mean, for them to be doing what they've done with the rookie quarterback and then, like you said, Case Keenum, uh, the wily veteran who comes in and leads the team to a win, a huge division win to keep them, you know, afloat and alive in their division with Jacksonville. Um, I think it says a lot to uh, the the coaching and certainly, you know, the ability to make plays when they need them to. So yeah, this is a huge win for Texas, uh, for the Houston Texans and Texans fans. Um, just one of those ugly games that you find a way to win, um, and you know, it's one of those games that you you know, kind of defines your season on the road division opponent. You win the game to stay alive in your own division. And, 
you know, set up next week uh, to kind of have that ability to, you know, maybe you get Stroud back, maybe you don't, but hey, at the same time, now you're still in there with Jacksonville at eight and six here. Yeah, and you know, field goal kicker uh, Fairbairn getting twelve of the nineteen points there too. Defense playing well, and they had what was it eight sacks against ten Titans? Oh my god, man! Their their D line. I had them as their defense seven. I had them as their defense against you, and it was kind of a weird game. But the sacks started getting up, and I was like, all right, maybe I got a good shot here. So, but yeah, I think that the, the seven sacks though, just to get in the game, is very pivotal, you know, and. They're right up there with uh, Jacksonville. You know, it, it's funny to say this, but Jacksonville ain't the favorite no more. I mean, they're all three here, eight and six with Jacksonville, Indy, and Houston. I would say if C.J. Stroud was healthy the whole year, and it was Houston and Jacksonville for like the last matchup of the year for division, it'd be it'd be a tough pick. You know, rather than everybody just thinking Jacksonville's going to run away with this. So, really interested to see how the AFC South uh, shakes up after this. All right, geez, let's go here and look at the uh, Week 16 preview. Yes, it's Week 16. Uh, Man, this is absolutely crazy how far we're already at. But let's go here with the hometown boys here. We're going to Minneapolis here. Skull, skull, skull. What do you think of this one here? I, I, I'm not saying it's a trap game, but I think just the way we played last week, I can't assume that we're going to play like that again. And, um, you know, this could be a possibility if Minnesota wins this game and, you know, can go on a run here. We might be playing Minnesota three out of four weeks, possibly. It's a very realistic possibility. So what's your thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, it, it's certainly on the table. Uh, things got to happen, fall in place, you know, what have you. But, uh, you know, as a Lions fan, I, I don't expect to win this game. I don't feel like it's a trap game either. I don't think you can expect W's, uh, you know, unless you're playing Carolina every week in the NFL. I mean, it's the NFL for a reason. Minnesota does have seven wins and wins are hard to come by in this league, but I still expect the Lions to win um, the way just Minnesota is kind of, I don't know, feels like they're kind of floundering. They're, they've been treading water with their quarterback situation. Have If they had Kirk Cousins, this, you know, this might be a little bit more of a, you know, I feel uneasy about it. But to me, I think the key matchup is just going to be able to get after Nick Mullins and disrupt that uh that offense because i mean you got justin jefferson is back and i mean he usually has terrorized the lions defense anytime that the, <laughs> the vikings have played the lions so to me that's going to be the big a big thing is can you can you limit the big plays from jeff jefferson and get after the quarterback because i, I do fully expect that uh the the uh the lions will be able to run the ball on the vikings the vikings do have a, a, a pretty good defense i believe they're 12th in total defense uh, but I still believe that if the Lions want to win this game, they'll have to get established on the ground. And I mean, the Lions have been a top five offense, top five rushing and passing attack all year for a reason. So I don't see that will, uh, you know, change much. I think the Lions will be able to score and uh, move the ball here. But if they can get after Mullins, disrupt the timing of the, you know, Jefferson routes and limit those big plays, uh, you know, I think it was a very good shot. We get the division here before Christmas. And I think, yeah, that is the biggest thing. Um, just the motivation to play. And they know how every, everything with his fans, you know, obviously they got to take care of business. But to a division win before Christmas, Jeej, um, you know, that's something that I don't think I've ever heard since I've been alive for the Lions fans. So, you know, that's something I think that they're not going to take lightly, the players. And I don't think that they should. And like you said, there's no Kirk Cousins here, so you should get it done. Like I said, it's the NFL, any given Sunday, as we always say. But um, I do think that, you know, we will pull it out. And um, just to be in this position um, to close it out before Christmas is something that, 
you expected to see this year and you want to see, but just for it to actually like happen and like be a real thing, it's almost surreal. So I can't wait for that. But I just think the way that Minnesota can win this game is if Justin Justin Jefferson just goes off and our defense just struggles. Um, you know, maybe us playing in Minnesota with them being loud and Jefferson just going off. Um, you know, and even Addison. Addison's having a pretty good year as well. I think that's the only way they can typically win is if Jefferson goes absolutely crazy. So, um, I think he will. He will go nuts. But it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be that time where, you know, I think we can actually pull it off still. So, any other thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, you bring up the home field, obviously Minnesota, not too far away from Michigan. But with the holidays and everything, you gotta wonder if uh, these Lions fans will be traveling on Christmas Eve. But I'm willing to bet that if a, a game was to be played on the moon and the Lions were playing on it, the Lions fans would find a way to travel to the moon. <laughs> so it would be interesting, interesting to see how uh, how the Lions fans travel Very this good one point. with the holiday and everything. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a game I, I think the Lions should win. Um, but, you know, it, it's a division game, and you haven't seen Minnesota all year. So, I mean, anything could happen. It could be an early Christmas present for us Lions fans here. All right, let's go to the next one. we got the Cowboys and the Dolphins. You know, what Cowboys team are going to get? They're going back on the road, but yeah, they're not going to Buffalo where it's cold and it's going to be a night. We're going to Miami here and it's going to be nice, warm, and sunny. So do you think that helps a little bit with Dallas, um, make it an easier transition to go on the road? But also you're p- playing a high-powered Miami offense. We don't know what Tyree kill, you know, what's going to happen there. But I think at the same time, um, this just could be one of those games where definitely the over is going to hit. Yeah, I could see it being like a 35-30 type of game. Don't know who would come out, but I could just see it being that kind of close game. Yeah, I think the warm weather will play, uh, will benefit Dallas. I mean, it was rainy and cold, I'm sure, in Buffalo last week. So, uh, I to me, it doesn't look like Dallas's offense is operated, to, you know, is built to be operated in the outdoor uh, inclement weather conditions. So I do think playing in Miami will help. Um, but I mean, to me, I think this one, it really does come down to a bounce back situation for Dallas. Can, can the dolphins, you know, write up the same script that Buffalo did? Can they, you know, run the ball down Dallas's throat? Can they control the clock? Not really something that Miami typically does, uh, because obviously they have the best passing attack in the NFL. So, um, I'm just looking at Dallas and their defense and they got to be able to bounce back here. I mean, giving up 30 plus points and a hundred, basically 150 yards on the ground. Um, it, it, I can't rule out the fact that Miami has a couple of running backs that easily could match that output, you know, with a couple guys, you know, running the ball instead of primarily just one person, uh, last week in Buffalo there, James Cook. But yeah, I, this, this is a litmus test for, for both teams here because, Obviously, Miami still hasn't really beat anybody that's above 500. And Dallas obviously needs to uh, have these games here because their schedule is a little bit tougher than Philly's here down the stretch. So the division isn't wrapped up for Dallas or Philly. Um, and, you know, Dallas is going to need every game that they can in order to try to lock up the, the one seed or try to catch San Fran. But it, uh, that'll be tough with the tiebreaker in San Fran's, way, uh, in San Fran's favor here. But. Yeah, uh, this should be one of the better games this week, hopefully, and I'll be interested to see, you know, what type of Miami offense we see and if Dallas can bounce back. Yeah, I really like this one just based on the fact that this is going to be an offensive firepower type of game. Um, Like I said, we want to see Pollard here run the ball so it's not one-dimensional because, I mean, Miami's rush attack, Mostert just coming to Fountain of Youth here. 
having a hell of a year. Definitely a Pro Bowl type of year. And let's not forget that they have Devon A-Chain as well, who, I mean, yeah, he seems like he's always questionable, but always a threat when he has the ball in his hands, especially with all them speedsters out there. And, um, yeah, just even the way Mike McDaniel, I know that thing I sent you on Twitter earlier this week, uh, just awesome coach. You know, I, I really think that this is this is one of those coaches here that's going to be around for a long time. He understands the culture, and he understands what it takes to win. And he understands the players mostly. He fits in with them well. So really like that as well. But I think Dallas, this could be one of those games where they do bounce back and um, to beat a Miami team who really hasn't, you know, they're both 10-4, and four, but Miami – I feel like could take an L more than the Cowboys could just based on them need, needing the home more. So we'll see how that ends up working out. We'll see. I think both teams really need this one, especially with Buffalo, the way that they've been playing and Philly's weak schedule here down the stretch. So, uh, no, it, this one should have a playoff atmosphere, hopefully. Yep. So let's go to the Christmas one here. Um, Ravens and 49ers. Uh, more probably one of the best games you could get on Christmas, I would say. These two teams are... Probably the Super Bowl favorites in each conference, I would say, right now. And just to get that on Christmas is absolutely awesome. But it, I, I don't even know what to say with this one, G. So I'll let you start first on this one. What do you expect on Christmas watching this game? Yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, I think this is a, a potential for a Super Bowl preview here. The two number one seeds in each conference. Uh, but, no, I think this is an awesome way to kind of wind down the holiday. You've watched a ton of basketball. Maybe you've tuned into the early games and the afternoon games. Um, but for me to for me to be able to sit down and watch potentially the Super Bowl here on Christmas is pretty awesome. But, no, you know, I'm, I'm expecting uh, one of those uh, type of games that's just a slugfest. I mean, we're looking at two top ten defenses. We're looking at two top ten rushing attacks but the the edge in the passing game right now is definitely a little bit towards the 49ers just the way they've been able to move the ball through the ground in the air um but i'll be looking to see if baltimore can kind of limit this offense that the 49ers have been rolling with specifically i think the whole key to this thing is christian mccaffrey and nobody's really been able to stop him all year nope. so i'll be interested to see if, if baltimore has any type of game plan to kind of box him in uh you know kind of limit the the yards after catch or your yards after contact uh, for CMC and then conversely on the opposite side, you know, what type of game plan does the 49ers have with Lamar? Um, obviously Lamar is very dangerous. Uh, he has the ability to, you know, extend plays, make plays, you know, from broken plays. So are, are they going to be able to contain him, keep him in the pocket there and, you know, let him beat you through the air, which he's very capable of doing. But, you know, me personally, I think I'd rather take my chances with Lamar throwing it than Lamar running it in open field. Absolutely. So, you know, two very, two very dynamic offenses, two very different types of uh, attacks we'll see uh, come Monday night there. But, yeah, I think the big thing uh, for both sides is, you know, just limiting uh, the big plays from their star players. And can anyone on Baltimore step up in the passing game? You know, maybe do we see Isaiah Flowers or do, you know, oh, does Odell kind of, you know, he's been playing okay here down the stretch for Baltimore. And then, you know, obviously Isaiah likely stepping in for Mark Andrews. So I do think somebody on uh, Baltimore's offense will have to have a big game against this 49ers defense in order for them to have a chance. Yep. And I look at it this way here. Both teams riding here four game win streaks. I know San Fran, they got actually five game win streak. So both these teams are super, super hot. Um, And San Fran here, I'm just even looking at this, man. They've won. They've not let a single digit. So they've won by over double digits each, each of these games, which is super impressive. To to not get it to single digits at all for the win column is absolutely crazy. And they're playing at home, too, for Christmas, so it should help. But um, I do feel like if anybody could give the 49ers defense some trouble, it could be Lamar. 
Ravens just got to play their game, I feel like, you know, like kind of like you said, just play Ravens football and just kind of make sure you control the clock because uh, San Fran, if you give them any turnovers, they're going to take advantage of it with Christian McCaffrey, Debo, you know, whoever out there. They have a whole bunch of firepower weapons, so definitely curious to see how this one plays out, and hopefully it is a good day for Christmas. want to throw this one in here too, G, for the, this one. The Jags and the Bucks this week, the, the typical Florida matchup, but talk about Baker Mayfield last week. I think I've seen, that was the best game I've ever seen Baker Mayfield play. And that was the first time I've seen in Lambeau that a, a opposing quarterback had a perfect passer rating in Lambeau in the history, which I couldn't believe it when I seen it. But, I mean, Baker, they played well last week. And uh, just for the way the Jags played too, I don't think this is an easy game for the Jags. I, I don't think you could chalk this one up. No, I don't think you can. And and I also saw a tweet, Hauser, that uh, the Packers have given up uh, the NFC Player of the Week to, obviously, Baker Mayfield last week and then Tommy DeVito the week before. So, I don't know, something to keep an eye on. Maybe it's Bryce Young's coming out party for uh, for the Panthers there. But, no, it's it's definitely not a easy win for Jacksonville. I mean, essentially it is a home game, Jacksonville playing in uh, Tampa Bay. Um, Tampa Bay been kind of underwhelming, but they're still somehow in the uh, playoff picture because of how bad their division is. Um, obviously, the time that we're recording on a f- Friday morning here, Saints coming off a loss last night, so that's huge for Tampa Bay. So there's a lot of you know still on the table here for Tampa Bay. Obviously, Atlanta still in the in the division hunt too. Your but boys. I'm, I'm, I've never been any type <laughs> of believer in Atlanta, so I'm gonna just. I think the Buc- this could be the Bucks' uh, division to lose here at this point. But, yeah, the way that Jacksonville has been struggling, I mean, it's pretty clear that Trevor Lawrence is kind of struggling this year too. It's unfortunate because they were probably the equivalent to what the Lions were, uh, you know, to start the year, one of those teams that a lot of people picked to make a run or make some noise. So, you know, if they could get back on track here, this would certainly be a big game because I think Tampa Bay is uh, is probably the better team out of that division if I had to pick one. Um, but, no, certainly a big game for both teams here. And I'll be looking to, to see, you know, which one can get established offensively, especially on the ground, uh, because both teams are really having a tough time running the ball, um, but still finding a way to get involved in the passing game are those running backs. So, if if one team can run the ball and kind of control the clock and uh, control the pace of this game, uh, I could see it going that way. 